0: you ever had someone greet you and, and you kind of turn around hoping they're talking to somebody else? You know, uh, uh, maybe uh, they said, hey, you're the smart one. And have you ever, you know, kind of looked around making sure there has to be somebody else? Chad, has that ever happened to you? Mm-hmm. Never. <laughs> Is that because no one's ever called you the smart one? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, I get that. You know, people will say something, and I'm like, surely there's somebody behind me. And then you realize they're talking to you, and you're like, wait, who, me, really? You know, uh, obviously you don't know who you're talking to. You know, you, you have those moments. Jeffy gets it all the time when someone says, hey, good looking." it's certain that somebody else is behind you. <laughs> Most of the time there is, you know, uh, but others. You know, but, but you get that. And we're going to open in our passage of Judges 6 uh, this morning that truly is the same kind of idea. You know, in fact, uh, to kind of get started, we, we read here that uh, the angel, verse uh, J- Judges chapter 6, verse uh, 11, or actually verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And and Gideon does a double take. He says, wait, who? Me? Go well, ahead. You must have confused addresses here. You must be looking for someone else. Because surely the guy who is threshing wheat in a wine press is not a mighty warrior. I don't know much about making wine. I all." You know, we don't get that in training, how to make wine. Uh, you know, I also don't know how to thresh wheat, but I'm told you want to do that in the open air at least, but preferably on a hill so when you throw the wheat up, the bad stuff goes away. I know that with what I've been told, that when you're making wine, you want to be down because you want the good stuff to fall down. You're not supposed to interchange the two. That's like me trying to fix a faucet with a Phillips screwdriver when he calls for a flathead screwdriver. Ain't going to work very well with that. I might be able to do something, but it's not going to be best. In fact, this is why I love Dr. Six. I love it because At some point in time, we are all in that position where the Lord says something and you go, Who? Me? Surely you meant the person next to me. Surely you didn't mean this guy or God. Yet, as we learn in the book of Judges, Judges will remind us of who God is. Actually, this is all of Scripture reminds us who God is. But if we find in the Book of Judges the theme over and over again of grace upon grace upon grace, God calls. Excuse me. God calls an individual who is hiding. Grace. God calls. For a deliverer to be risen up within his nation, even though his nation was turning their back against him. Grace upon grace. Grace is not just a New Testament concept. Grace and the characteristics of God, which do not change from the beginning of time until the end of time and beyond, will not change. It is there. Grace can be found in many pages of the Old Testament, if received. And Judges is a book that reminds us of who God is, and reminds us of His grace. Maybe you are in a position, because of the pressing issues of life, where you're hiding out you're in a one press trying to do something that should be done out in the open. Maybe as we will find that as God tells Gideon to do something, God's intention was that he did it out in broad daylight, but in the cover of night, because he was scared, he goes about the work. Maybe there is this idea of fear. And we know conceptually, as Peter reminded us, that that, uh, the scriptures say over and over again to have no fear. But yet, that is what happens. There is fear going on. There there is something not right. But yet, you still try to do what God is calling you to do. And he reminds us, we were reminded, that God finds us in the midst of our fear. Fear does not equate to God not working with you. In fact, sometimes God is the one who says many times over, Do not be afraid. I am here. But Judges doesn't just remind us of who God is. Judges reminds us of who we are. We are no We did. Them a prophet, and then the angel of the Lord came. The hope isn't that. unfaithful. Even though you and I don't live up to the standards of this book, God doesn't say, well, you've sinned enough. Adios. You've had enough time. You obviously can't get it. Adios. Yes, there is a time, the time of death, where we will be judged by the creator of all. And that first judgment is, is your name in the Lamb's Book of Life? Is your name found in Christ? That's the first thing that matters. There is, though, another judgment where it says, "Okay, Calvin, your name is in the Book of Life. You've accepted Christ as the Messiah and Lord. Now, what have you done in obedience to Christ? Not that Calvin is looking for rewards, And not that those rewards getting in. But God says, I notice what goes on. And I will reward those who follow my way. And I will serve justice to those who follow my way but do not obey. And Paul writes that there are some that in obedience to Christ, they will get in by the, as I say, the skin of their teeth. They get in because of who Christ is. But they have nothing to present Christ, saying, here's what I've done. The parable of the uh, servants, the idea that some actually did what could be added to the master. They received the reward. Others did not. Why? Because God desires a relationship. We are not robots. We are not just tuned to do everything, and we see this within Judges six, which reminds us how much we can be like an Idiot, and there's still hope. Has anybody ever said, "Wait, wait, wait, I can't do this"? When God has ever said anything to you? Has anybody ever said, "No, no, no, not me, Judy"? Have you ever said that? Quick <laughs> <Third> question. <anyway. laughs> We all know that answer. We <laughs> all know, you know. We see it here. Gideon starts out with, sorry, Lord. Uh, obviously, you need to pick somebody else. I'm the weakest. I'm the least in my family. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Manasseh was a high tribe. wasn't even one of those full-fledged tribes. ever said, oh, well, we... No, no. And we get this back and forth. God desires a relationship, which means God can handle your honesty and even your twinge of doubt, your twinge of fear. Lord, I am afraid. What does uh, does God respond time and time again? Am I not sending you? I will be with you. I am with you, mighty Lord. See, what I love about Gideon as well is that not only does Gideon kind of show us this relationship, it reminds us that uh, sometimes we got to be careful because God will tell us something and we try to turn the tables. Now, we read here in uh, verses 13 that okay, Gideon goes, okay, fine. If you're going to call me a mighty warrior, he actually doesn't have to interact with us. He says this, why? Why has this happened? Why am I in a winepress fresh and wheat? Have you not where is your hand from before? Now the Lord has abandoned us. See, we, we would be afraid to say some of that I think to the Lord. We would be afraid of saying some of the words See, to Gideon's credit, he didn't know he was having a face-to-face interaction with God. He knew that God had saved Israel before, but I don't think he had this quite this understanding here. And the Lord reminds him again and again. And we see the patience of God. He says in verse seventeen, "If I found favor in your eyes." It's almost like he has short-term memory loss. The Lord is the one who appeared to him. If the Lord is saying to do something to you, you have found favor in his eyes. In fact, if you know Jesus, the favor of God is upon you because of who Jesus is. because does mean you will be successful in everything, but God desires that relationship. And Gideon said, If I found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that all will be well. So I'm gonna go make some food as an offering to you, and and I want to set it before you. And the Lord says these amazing words of grace and patience. I will wait. Excuse me? I will wait. See, 2 Peter says that the Lord is not slow in coming again, like we understand slowness, but he desires that all would have this relationship through Christ. So we, sometimes we as believers who've been around the a lot. we see what's going on in the world. We can, we can get so caught up on, is this the end? Is this the end? It's been the end since Jesus resurrected, okay? that every generation of believers thought this was it, this was it, this was it. But God, in his wisdom, in his plan, he said, I'm not slow in coming back. I have not forgotten you. But I still wait. This is kind of like, in our house, Eliana has her kitchen. So you go in our uh, living room and there's a kitchen right there. And I've learned. I've been trained well over the five years she's been alive. But when she says she's making me something, you know what I do? I sit and wait for it. I've also trained her. She knows to give me coffee, and I also know it's the best co- coffee I've had that day, regardless. All right. When she says I'm going to prepare a meal for you, I'm going to take the time in offering. I'm going to sit and wait. And she will prepare a feast. And so Gideon does. He goes in. He prepares his offering to the angel of the Lord. He comes back out and says, here it is. He puts it on a rock. He pours out the broth as he was told. And then God shows up and shows off even more. Can you imagine if you're Gideon? Put yourself in Gideon's position here. He thinks he's talking with the messenger of God. He he may not quite get that it is God himself. And he takes it. And he does what is going on in the tip of the staff. Causes fire to come from the rock. Do you see that? Fire from the rock. It didn't have to come from above. It came from the staff at the rock and it took care of everything there. And now he goes, this ain't just a normal joke. This is the Lord. And he responds as we may want to respond. I've seen the Lord. The answer of the Lord is the, it, it's the understanding that that's God himself. I've seen him face to face. And the idea that if I've seen the Lord face to face, if it's not for the grace of God, I will die. Why? Because God is a holy God. And Gideon knows he is not holy. God is a perfect God. And Gideon knows that he is not perfect. But look what the Lord says. What the Lord said to Gideon, peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die today. Peace. So give builds an altar. The altar, the Lord is peace. Yahweh, shalom. Where is uh, Golden J, one of the commentators uh, Golden Gay, uh, one of the commentators I read in the Old Testament says it this way, God makes things well. The Lord is Where are you not having peace? Is it relational? Mm-hmm. Something isn't quite right relationally? Is it physical? I mean, We have a list of physical issues, but not every physical issue makes our list. Sometimes we don't want others to know. Were you unsettled? Or you wonder if it's just your fault and if only you would have gone to the doctor sooner or waited to go to the doctor. Maybe you would have done this or that. Well, maybe we as a church see our issue is the culture. I mean, there's a lot of things going on that's not right. Reality is the main issue what can be frustrating in our world. Maybe, maybe it's just me, so it's not you, it's me. Maybe sometimes what, what, what gets me is, you know, what I see as a pressing issue someone else I can sit down with and they see something totally different as a pressing issue. Maybe what, what I'd like to say sometimes, or at least sometimes in my head goes through this, well, why can't you just see the world as I see the world? Or maybe you're just seeing the world a totally different place. Lots of reasons, maybe, but our circumstances are such. The world of Judges is a different world, but yet it is the same world as yours and ours. Their issue of the day wasn't just spiritual, though. As we read in Judges, we we start to realize that that what the issue was is they had pressing needs of economy. Pressing needs of, of good crops. Pressing needs of, of uh, having families that met with one another. Unity among those that call themselves their own. Pressing needs of how to deal with people who are different than them. And what happened to them sometimes can happen to us. And it is this we start to take our cues from the world around us instead of the truths of Scripture. And it happens subtly. The nation of Israel, why did they serve others? Because there was this hope that if they did the right things to the Asherith pole, or to the all, that their crops would grow. They would have good trade. They would be well. And sometimes we get ourselves in a very similar position where we see that whether the health of our bank account reminds us of how good we are in this world, whether or not we have a government that agrees with us, means for all is good with our wealth, with our, with our soul, and with our world. And we start to unintentionally put our hope in other things. When Scripture is very clear from beginning to end, that God once us to be faithful to him. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. But Matthew five, He didn't say that you couldn't seek the other things. at a level of priority. Seek first God. And these other things will come. Where do you first seek? See, because Gideon, before he ever won a battle, before anything good ever happens, he builds an altar that says the Lord is peace. Yahweh Shalom. God makes things well. It's not just a promise of things to go, but a reminder that when it comes to peace and peace with God, there is peace regardless of the circumstances around it. It doesn't always make things well. When I read the word Revelation, we saw in the Psalms this morning to remind us that one day all will be well. With that, peace is the presence of Christ. Time and time again. In this chapter of Judges chapter 6, we see time again that the Lord said, I am with you you. God's presence was there. Do you need peace? Not a peace that will say everything will work out the way you would want. But peace that says sooner or later all will be well than you meet Christ. And it doesn't mean nothing bad will happen. For he, Jesus said this in John 16. I told you these things so that you may have peace you will have trouble. Now some of you, you know scripture well enough that you know that, you know, he went on to say You. And one of the greatest promises of all the scripture, in my opinion, stands with the calling of God known as the Great Commission in Matthew 28. It tells them to go, us, to go. You are my witnesses. We want to say, who? Me? Yeah, you. You don't get a choice in the matter. Yeah, you. present your requests of God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I have a couple things about this. One, it's a reminder that God is here. I think it's a reminder in a couple of ways. God is here as far as He can come today. But if you are a believer in Christ, He is here as in right in you. You don't have to go. Where is God today? If you are in Christ, the promises of Scripture is He's in you. He desires that relationship. That's why He says, "Don't be anxious about anything." But in every situation, how are we to take our anxiety to prayer? I don't know about you, but there's things that I got anxious about this week. Some of them were really dumb things. I see it now. But I was anxious this week. Am I an awful person? Well, that's probably not the only reason. But if I can take my anxiety, I can become aware. Do you want that hope? Do you want to be called that mighty warrior? Do you want to know that God is peace? Do you need peace? To be found in Christ. Be found in who Jesus is. He said, I've been there, done that. The book of Judgment remind us that even if when we mess up. Do you know Jesus the way he wants you to know? You're not a robot. He wants a relationship, which means he'll take your doubts, he'll take your fears, he'll take your questions, he will be patient. You will get grace, you will get truth, you will get justice, get all of that. But what he wants is you and me in a relationship with him. That's the hope of judges. The hope of judges is that God responds to his people. And when God responds to his people and his people respond to him, uses the scared, the unqualified, the ones that are just trying to survive. Why? Because he is with them. Us. the Lord We've heard of Father God, I thank you for this time. Lord, I ask that you continue to be with us. May we be found in you. May we come back to you. May we cry out to you. May we allow you to take our fears and our failures and our issues of life and may we be found in you. And may you have your way. May we be willing to submit to you and to you alone. May we seek first you and your kingdom and not the things of this world, as good as they are. And may when we are anxious, and we will be anxious, we let our anxiety be a driving force towards you so that you will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ. Lord, we thank you for your truth, for your grace, for your love, for your justice, for all that you are, because that gives us hope, not just for tomorrow, but for today. We thank you, and We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.